Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hi, I'm Susan from Safeway. Are you ready for a road trip? You can save on gas by shopping at Safeway. It's easy. Shop at Safeway and earn gas reward points. Then save up to 20 cents per gallon at participating Chevron or Texaco stations or up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations. That's right, up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations just for shopping with us. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Limited to 25 gallons in a single fill of other restrictions and exclusions apply. Visit store or Safeway.com for details. This is Susan from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. Consider. Wow. Gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. You are listening to Nothing But Net Radio. I am Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. It is about oh, 4 p.m. Mountain Time on a beautiful Saturday here in Denver. At least I am in Denver. However, uh, I am the only member of the show today enjoying the weather uh, down in Denver. Our, our co-hosts are located further to the east from the first we have all the way in Dallas, Mr. Evan Fiala. Evan, what's going on, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Well, you know, can't uh, can't complain. Uh, and then also with us is Mr. Jeremy Poli, all the way out in Philadelphia. Jeremy, what's up? My back. My back is what's up. It hurts. I, uh, I had the heaviest snow in the world to shovel um, yesterday and I shoveled and my mother-in-law is like, she's born South Philly all her life, spent her time here. So a little kid from Colorado coming out, she's like, Oh, like, uh, take it easy. You're frail. You know, you can't take this stuff. And I was like, come on, what are you talking about? I can do this. And then last night my back goes out on me because I've worked too hard for this little body and I've been in pain ever since. This is this is my Philly story. It's like the opposite of French Fresh Prince in Bel Air. I'm like the the boring punk from Colorado. Oh no, it's it's uh it's all right. I I feel you. Anyway, I uh I too am, am dealing with some back issues, but I don't have nearly as good of a story. I was just like kind of like you know twisting one day, and it just kind of twisted the wrong way. And it, <laughs> Oh man, it still it still has been bugging me, and it just makes me feel it makes me feel old. It's like you know, I'm like now I'm going to start to have like kind of like have to hunch over. Uh, maybe I might grow a hump on my back. <laughs> you gotta uh, watch out for the twists. Watch out for twist. those twists, man. Okay, yeah, exactly. It's a young <laughs> man's stance. That's right. I probably wasn't hydrated enough. That's what my grandmother <laughs> told me. For the twist. Anyways, we uh. We are we are not a medical we are not a medical podcast unfortunately none of us are qualified for that we are however not qualified to talk about basketball but we do it anyways uh, and we are it's what we are here to do on the Pickaxe Punch show specifically talking about the Denver Nuggets uh, and if you're it's your first time listening to the show we talk about them every Saturday not last Saturday last Saturday I uh, I went to Mexico so I just I, you know we we just didn't have a show. Uh, unfortunately, that's, that's just, hey, that's just, just how it goes. Uh, but we are back. We are back this week. Uh, and, and a big week. We're going to get into that. We're going to that Lakers game um, from last night. The Nuggets, of course, uh, they end up getting the win uh, down the stretch, maybe a little bit a little bit closer than, than we would have preferred, but we'll talk about that. Uh, and then, obviously, now Jokic and uh, Nikola Jokic and Paul Millsap uh, have been playing together for, for uh, a handful of games now, almost about a half dozen they finally kind of had a game where they both played really well last night against the Lakers. So I wanted to, I want to talk about them specifically. Uh, 
then we're gonna we're gonna go ahead uh, after our break. I want to look. I want to look forward to the playoffs. I, we we basically been doing it every week, and we're going we're going to continue this time. I got Jeremy and uh, Evan on, so I want to talk about maybe what can the Nuggets still win their division, and uh, and uh, or are we just gonna be happy if they get in? Uh, and then finally, in the spirit of just like we did uh, on the last show, we're gonna end if we get some time. We'll play a little game. This time we'll do some some NBA playoff trivia. Uh, we'll see what what Evan and Jeremy know uh, when it comes to not only the Denver Nuggets. Uh, with the NBA playoffs in general, and that will be the show. Are you guys ready? Have you? Ha, how would you consider yourselves a play, NBA playoff experts? Absolutely. I like the confidence. I like no, the confidence. I I'm going to go with a no. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then the no confidence. <laughs> from Evan. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. It depends how far back you go. There it is. I know that's right. Evans, Evans, the youngest, so he he might he might be at a small disadvantage here. Uh, it's all right. I think he'll do fine. Uh, all right, though. Let's first thing. Let's first let's get into that Lakers game from last night. The the Nuggets, of course, they they were coming in. They had a, a two game uh, losing streak, and, and while the Lakers have been uh, are obviously a lottery bound team, they're not in the playoff hunt. They have played uh, very well as of late, and actually, I think they were something like. Uh, six and one since since the All Star break, Nuggets end up winning the game one twenty five one sixteen. Particularly played well in the fourth quarter, outscored uh, the Lakers by uh, excuse me by eleven, and uh, that that basically powered them to the win. Evan, I'll go to you first, man. How big is it to get this win, even though it is the Lakers? It's huge. Um, we're at the point of the season where. Every game is a must-win, given you know the Nuggets' current record. They're still, you know, a fringe playoff team, and especially dropping games earlier this week. Um, the one in Dallas was particularly, you know, a tough right. a tough loss. Um, and going into, you know, they got like one or two more games, and then that huge road trip coming up. Um, Really, every game is a must-win from here on out. So, so even getting this one, yeah, you can say oh, it was the Lakers. But, you know, the the Lakers have been playing well as of late too. It, just the fact they pulled it off, you know, really, it gave me a boost of confidence in 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 the team. Um, right. I would say, I mean, it's almost like it, it's one of those wins that, yeah, like even though it's the Lakers, um, and 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 you, 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 like I said, they're they're a team who's not going to be in the playoffs this season. Uh, you almost feel like that if they lose that game, especially because it's at home, uh, it really kind of puts the team in a downward, not even maybe in a spiral, but just in a real bad funk. Now on that three-game losing streak, uh, and and a game that losing another game that they should have got, just like the the Dallas game, which was one that they. They like get away from them that they needed. Uh, I, I I tend to agree. I mean, it, it, it's funny because we say all these games are must wins at this point, and and to a certain point they are. But obviously, we don't expect the Nuggets to go undefeated down the stretch. And if they did, they I mean, they would be great. They would be they would be the three seed uh, easily. But it's the games like against these against the the teams that are that are not their playoff competitors. Like you have to catch those wins in because you're gonna play. Some some very talented teams uh, who are right right at the very end of the season who are right there in the thick of the race and you might you might not be able to win all those so you want to build as much of a cushion as you possibly can uh, by getting by cashing in these wins against the Lakers against the Kings like we'll see here on Sunday so it, it's a big one for me and more so just because it would have been far worse if they had lost uh, they take care of business and now they can move on. So maybe more of a bullet dodge than anything. Jeremy, what about you, man? Well, how big of this win do you think – or how big do you think this win is? Big, big win, man. And, and I don't think it's even necessarily big because of um, needing the wins. I don't think it's big because of stats or who we were playing against. Um, to me, it, it, it answered some of the most important questions that we have right now. Not all of them, but some of these big ones that have been hanging hanging around tonight, I feel like we got at least the, the short version of it. We'll see if, if it can hang, but but what I saw towards the end of the game there, um, I mean, you, you could almost even break down a season in terms of how long a question goes for. You can make yourself like a little line chart and see if, 
does this question go the entire season and they're never able to figure it out? Um, do they make a statement right. here and they carry it for, for this long? Well, in terms of that, tonight might be, and I mean the fourth quarter, might be um, a statement or, or a question that's, that's put to rest that can carry us into the playoffs um, pretty strongly. So I, I'm, I'm psyched about seeing something that I've been worried about kind of come together. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I was just saying, I mean, it, it's a great point because, I mean, well, what's interesting is, is, is down the stretch of this game, I mean, I'm trying to think, you know, who who really stood out and it was, it was almost a collective effort. I mean, Paul Millsap had the big, um, had a big, that big three pointer at just kind of like he did against, uh, what was it against Memphis? Uh, the same kind of thing right down the stretch where that was really the dagger, uh, in, in their hearts. But, it, but it's, like like I mean you said I mean they, they closed this game out uh, when they needed to and they they took care of business and that that's something that that we maybe necessarily haven't seen uh, them do as much this year and, and when they've got into these situations in the past and especially last year um, they would tend to crumble uh, down down the stretch I mean we saw it at the beginning of the season against Utah right they had that. Uh, they had a big lead, and then they ended up crumbling uh, down the stretch. We saw it in, in games uh, just just as recently this week. Uh, so, so for them to get over that hump tonight, uh, I, I think is is a big part of it as well. Uh, let me ask you this though, Jeremy. They we've had what Paul Millsap back for like six games, I think, right? Uh, and and once again, the Nuggets the Nuggets give up. I mean, they give up 116 points. Uh, to the Lakers, and, and don't get me wrong, Millsap had some great plays down the stretch, particularly that that one block on uh, on Lonzo Ball with that on that trying to try to scoop layup uh, over him didn't work. But let me ask this, Jeremy. Like, I mean, what do you think is the the reason that, that they're still struggling on defense, even with Millsap back? That's a tough one, because because the answer that I have for you would kind of be diluted with the early season defense that we saw. Um, right. I, I mean, we weren't a perfect team to start the year out, but uh, to start the season out. But um, Jokic was, <laughs> you know, up for defensive center of the, the season. Uh, it, it, we, we had some early success that we saw at, and largely due to, to Millsap and the way that they were gelling on defense, even if they weren't gelling on offense. So, Still, my, my answer, the reason why that kind of dilutes my answer is because my answer is, um, I mean, I, I wish I had the true answer, but I, the, the, the scheme that we're playing, and tonight was a great example of it, um, and I'll get into that in a second, but the scheme that we're playing and, and the people that we've locked in to, to perform this scheme is, is, I, I, I feel like there needs to be an adjustment there. But right. why I'm going to take a step back is because tonight I thought so, – so the scheme to get a little bit more detailed is um, is uh, basically Malone's concept is don't give up the, the points in the paint. Don't give up those high percentage field goals. Um, we, we, can, we can take a few threes. If we're pushing them out, if we're forcing them into bad shots, we can deal with that. And that's an interesting – predicament because the way that the NBA is played right now and and this is this is so new that we're, we're you know we're talking three or four years since really the the strong um, surging of the the Warriors and and um, and Houston is that 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 paradigm might might already be a classic paradigm that does not work in today's NBA right letting right. guys shoot freely from the three-point line is is these days asking for defeat because they're so talented. They're so good at it. the younger generation have, have caught up so fast to find out what the exploit is in the, the rules of the NBA that maybe this, this scheme isn't one to go with. And so tonight was interesting to me because we saw the Lakers play all over the paint. This was kind of like me going like, good, we're still going to win the game um, by pr- proving Malone, Malone wrong and they can get all the, the points in the paint they want as long as we keep off the three-point line and you know what we weren't really getting ahead that way so so right. I, I'm not sure um, <laughs> I'm not sure Jeremy has been humbled yeah. 
I don't as know. the Lakers. I don't know. Uh, no, I think so. I, I think well, you, you touched on some interesting points there, which is especially that yeah, I, I, that kind of sort of lets let them um, take some. We'll, we'll give up the three pointer uh, as long as as long as we don't we we you know we don't really allow any penetration uh, and and keep limit the ba- shots at the basket. Uh, you're right; that doesn't work as much anymore with the NBA. The other thing too that the teams can exploit is is, is just Nikola Jokic, and particularly in the pick and roll. Right, he's he's going to struggle there, uh, and I think we see that a lot because the Nuggets. Uh, I mean, Gary Harris and Jamal Murray are they're all right, but they 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 do their best to try and fight over those screens, but they still end up going under them um, too often, or or you know, like we saw against the Cavs, they just get held, uh, and then and then end up giving up open shots that way as well. So it's it's I think a combination of things of that. The philosophy, maybe, but also just uh, their personnel uh, is not suited because you have Millsap, who which is a great part, and he he gives you a lot in terms of especially he can handle uh, the players who are who are good in the post. He can he can go up against a guy like uh, Julius Randle, uh, per se, or for for example, here against the Lakers. Whereas Nicole Jokic is not going to do that. And we saw Nicole Jokic; he struggled with Brook Lopez uh, tonight. Or last night, sorry. I mean, Brooke had what twenty nine points. So, <laughs> yeah. Brooke Lopez had twenty nine points. Jeez. Uh, but but so the uh, I mean, the, I just think it's a, it's a combination of things, and and it's you know it's it's tough because you want Millsap to help, uh, and you want want the Nuggets to get better on defense because I really do think they're going to have to be a better defensive team if they want to have success in the playoffs. Uh, but right now, I just don't know if they can win that way. Right now, I just think they kind of almost have to just win the way, you know, win, win the way that they've all, almost the Nuggets in general have been trying to win since the 80s, which is that up-tempo, uh, free kind of basketball um, and, and just try and outscore teams 125-116 like we saw. Uh, Evan, I mean, what do you think, man? Is it is it more uh, the scheme that, that's making it so their defense still isn't working, or do you think it's it's personnel? I think it's a bit of both. Um, tonight, for example, you know, Jeremy, as you're saying, kind of the the you know the scheme is to let them have the three pointers or whatnot. But uh, you know, LA or last night, LA obviously took advantage of that. They were able to, you know, Brooke Lopez was able to and Randall were able to kind of do whatever they wanted down low. And uh, Caldwell Pope had five three pointers. Right. It's and that kind of was like kept him in it. So it, I think it's a combination of you know poor rotating, not being in the right place. Personnel is a huge issue as well. A lot of these guys just aren't defensive players. Like our guards really struggle at containment. Um, having Millsap back is a nice buffer because he does fill more space in the paint that. You know, when, when Jokic gets caught in a pick and roll or whatever, or, or someone gets beat, you know, he's there and he's smart enough to be in the right spot. But one man isn't enough to make up that difference. And I think a lot of the issues are is, is just, you know, trying to force something that's that's not there. And like you were saying, Zach, I'm, I'm totally on board. They just need to they need to win games by outscoring the opponent. They just need to go back to their offense Losing Millsap for half the year didn't really help in that regard and, you know, helping them coexist as a defensive team. Certainly not as much as Malone would have wanted, but I think for this year, they need to make, they need to make the playoffs. They just need to do it the best way they can and then kind of count this as a lost year on defense and worry about that later. Right. Yeah. I'm with you a hundred percent on that. I mean, it, I mean, I mean, we'll get into this here into a bit, but uh, you know, I think the the main goal obviously is is just getting into the getting into the postseason, uh, and I think you do this. So you do it any way you can, and for the Nuggets, it seems to be the best way for them is just just trying to outscore opponents. But I know that guy that that really just grinds on coach because that's just not the way he is. Um, all right, so I want I want to talk a little bit more about Jokic and, and Millsap in particular, so because they had they had a good game uh, against the Lakers. Uh, we saw, you know, Jokic had, uh, was he, I mean, he had 21 points, six assists, six rebounds. So pretty, just kind of like a standard, you know, good game from Jokic. Uh, and then Paul Millsap had 21 points and six rebounds of his, of his own. And then, then a couple of big blocks, uh, as well. 
and, and certainly had you know some impactful individual plays on defense. So uh, a good all around game him. But but up until that point, it, it seems like we really had not uh, seen seen these two click. Um, and, and, and Jokic in particular uh, was struggling. There's been a lot of talk, you know, uh, is he deferring too much? Well, coach wants him to be more aggressive, and he, you know, Paul's saying, you know, he's got to know that he's the guy, and, and we run it through him, and and, and so on and so forth. Uh, I guess, uh, Jeremy, let me ask you, man. I mean, is it is it? Do you think maybe there was almost a, a mistake made by making Paul Millsap the the uh, the big free agent signing because because maybe he doesn't fit as well as we had hoped or or is there there hope for these two guys to be able to coexist and and be a, a powerful duo in the front court? Um, I mean, to to the first part of the question as to the the free agency signing, um, I I I think that was like probably the biggest signing in the Nuggets history. I, and I think Wait. it shows a uh, uh, a good vibe. Um, we're never able to even get meetings with people like Paul Millsap. So, um, and we had the money to spend. So, so I mean, purely from a um, a roster viewpoint, I I, I think um, it makes complete sense. And and I think we we're really fortunate to get it. Um, as far as um, chemistry goes, um, I'm 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 so not even near approaching whether or not this is a failed experiment. Um, and, and tonight, if, if we could get, if we could make it very, uh, um, base things off of very small sample sizes, um, tonight, even specifically one play talking about the chemistry at one point, um, Millsap, Millsap goes up and he blocks. Um, I think it was Randolph blocks it. Jokic goes up and gets the ball after the block, passes it to Millsap, Millsap, takes it down the court, finds Jokic for a layup. Like that was just the most beautiful um, combination of the defense that you hope to get out of that. Um, Jokic's rebounding, both of them as playmakers and Jokic, um, even as a scorer, they're both scorers. He's not right. A lot of people like to, I think um, his scoring is over-exaggerated and, and under-exaggerated, under-exaggerated. Um, some people think that he should just facilitate the ball. Other people think he should be putting up 50 points a night. Um, I think he's somewhere in between. But no, I, I think um, what what we're seeing, I feel like the past few games, I wish I was trying to remember which game it was where this really stood out. But Millsap going to the three-point line and playing more like a wing, um, kind of what we're used to with uh, the way Lyles has we'll played. Well, well, and then um, the reason why it stood out was because uh, Wilson came in. I'm glad you brought that up. More at the baseline, like like where the four would play, and it right. was really interesting because it was it was working pretty well. Um, Millsap stretching the floor and Chandler doing something that he's actually pretty good at um, as a dunker spot. And um, so looking at Millsap more of a a three on the offense by by drifting him out there and and opening up more space. Um, rather than they started the season and he was kind of more down by the shoulder um, in the in the post and they were kind of double posting it with him and Jokic and um, I, I think it, I, I'm seeing a lot of chemistry and that, that's why I was so excited um, when they came back. I don't know what what they said um, whether it was um, the break at the end of the third or whether it was something on the bench after they all went to the bench. But when they came back in the fourth, man, like Jokic was so fired up more than I've seen in a right, long time. Right. Yeah, he he grabbed Millsap and was like yelling in his ear. Like I, it was pretty crazy to see, which is kind of cool. At the same time, like Jokic, like go ahead and and open up a little bit. So um, I I don't know. I I the end of this game really really made me uh, appreciate the potential here and the last past couple of games from a strategy standpoint. Seeing what they're doing on offense, um, I I think there's a lot more potential there. I think the system is in place. I think they just need to fine tune it. Right. One of the things I'll tell you. One of the things I think they need to fine tune about is they really do need to stop with the, uh, uh, the Millsap, the isolation post plays, man. Those are, yeah. In part, I, I noticed the in particular uh, against the Lakers. It just every time they went to that, it didn't work. I mean, and they would just completely clear out uh, and, and give him that one on one matchup, and he just. He, no, he, I give credit. I guess the Lakers they play tough, tough defense. Julius Randle played tough one on one defense, uh, but. 
and he never seemed they never seemed to generate a good look out of that and and it was something I think in particular that they need to take out of their offense and then otherwise yeah I mean I think they can coexist I think you can use him if you use Millsap to, as more of a floor stretching kind of guy um, or again or just use him in in a pure um, off ball role kind of like that that Kenneth Freed role the, the role that Mason Plumley seems to be really adapting to well uh, right now that then I think he he works just fine. But but when they they try and you know kind of like okay we're you know we're trying to we got first we got to get Jokic going now we got to get Paul going now we got to you know go back and forth when they when they really make a focused effort just on like getting him isolation plays um, it, it doesn't help. Evan, what do you think, man? Is it a matter of of just these guys that will just need a little more time to get this figured out and, and they'll be fine, or do you think there's more there's something like deeper here? Uh, that could be just like an issue with with them as a match in general. I think it'll just come with time for sure. Uh, we saw, you know, towards the beginning of the year before Millsup got hurt, things were kind of coming together. It was definitely shaky at the beginning of the season, but but I feel like we were getting to a point where we could kind of see the potential it had. And then, of course, right. he misses 44 games, and it completely derails everything. But even just in these last five or six games since Millsap's been back, you've you know you've seen glimpses of it. To, the Lakers game being the best example, obviously, of how they can coexist. But really, you know, it depends on on how the offense is going to be coached. Uh, if they're going to call Millsap ISO plays, which is not the best usage of any of the players on this team, given you know the guys surrounding him in the starting lineup. Right. Then no, it's not going to work in the long run. It it's just not going to. But if they can actually adapt to that free flowing offense, and you all both of you already just you know said it and nailed it right on the head, then yeah, there's no reason why it shouldn't be able to. And uh, having him there to kind of bolster the defense as well is is really what he was brought in for. Um, right. And it's it's like mind blowing to me how. People can already be questioning like the validity of that when they've played. How many games have they played together? Like twenty, maybe, if that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like it, it would be a completely different scenario if he had never gotten hurt and right. they were still having these issues, but they're not. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I think that's a, that's a really great point. It's like they really they really have barely played together still. Um, at this point so it's there's still some kind of this kind of feeling it out position I, I, I guess I, I want to let me get let me go back to Evan on this because I mean they've got so they've got now 16 games uh, left on the schedule Do, is there enough time uh, given that, that Jokic and Millsap have only played 20 or so games with each other is there enough time for them to get it figured out uh, before the playoffs start, or will will the they lose enough games trying to figure it out that it ends up knocking them out of the playoffs? I mean, I guess it depends on what your definition of figuring it out is. I guess because like I think they should definitely be trying to quote unquote figure it out by you know playing the right style of offense that best suits and best optimizes the starting lineup. And if they do that, then I don't see why they wouldn't be able to, but if they still sit here and try and experiment with all these like set plays and whatnot, I think that's where, you know, they might get caught trying a little bit too hard to experiment and force things that aren't there, especially given that, you know, the time from here, 16, 16 games left and you're, you're in a, one of the tightest playoff races in NBA history. You can't really afford to deviate from what you already know. Um, and so I think they just, they just need to, go for the playoffs and try and win using their best way. And honestly, like they need to get that experience of playing in the first round against a top team and, you know, maybe getting swept or stealing a game or two. They just need to get that this year, no matter what. And, um, they can figure the, you know, keep trying to figure out the, this whole thing later, I guess. I honestly, uh, I think it's being a little bit blown out of proportion as well. The whole, you know, Millsap is causing Jokic to not play as well and whatnot. I, you know, I think it's, it's going to be a non-story here pretty soon. 
Yeah, I tend to agree. I think I think they'll be just fine. I, I thought I think we right and right before he got hurt, um, I really thought they found that that their stride and and they were being they were looking like one of the best teams uh, in the league. And and I think they'll get. I think they'll get back. You know, maybe they won't be one of the best teams in the league, but. Uh, I think they'll get back there and and they'll get into their playoff uh, run. I think they'll, they'll basically be hitting their stride right in time, uh, you know, to get them into the playoffs. Maybe even push them a few a few seats higher. You know, heck, even uh, even maybe even you know they're they're still they're still. I mean, they're only three and a half games back of Portland right now, who's in the three seat. So there's still plenty of time. Um, but but obviously you've got to you're gonna have to make a move here soon. So I think that, that, that it's setting up nicely for that. Uh, and, and I expect them. I expect them to be. I mean, I expect them to be in the playoffs. It's funny when they when they lose the, these back to back games. You know, suddenly everybody's way down on them, and they oh, Nuggets are going to make the playoffs. I don't even know if they're going to win like seven or more games. Um, and then I, you know, I, I it's it's just kind of that roller coaster, and then uh, everybody will be much happier uh, after they beat the Lakers. Jeremy, what about you, man? What do you think? Do do Millsap and Jokic have enough time to get this figured out? And and if they do, I mean, um, I, I mean, are, are they going to be? How dangerous does that make them in the playoffs? Um, th- throw me in the camp that that I think they they already have it figured out. Um, yeah. I think I think right now they have it figured out, and I think, like I was saying, we might even be able to draw a line from tonight forward. Um, that shows this is this is when these two got on the same page um, as far as the offense is considered, um, because at the same time it wasn't even a, a, a dominating performance from Jokic. Um, w- one thing I liked, you know, his, his aggression has been all the talk um, the past week or two. Uh, can he be more aggressive? And should he be shooting more? Can he be more aggressive in these ways? And he he I liked seeing that he was working really hard um, off the ball. He to me he was showing more aggression um, in that way. I thought he he did take some ill-advised um, threes this game, maybe kind of forcing something. Um, something actually that Malone said in in his post-game um, interview last night was that he feels that Jokic is at the point now where he's um, he's he I forget what he said exactly, but basically he's not paying attention to Paul Millsap as like the all-star and needing to. Um, seed to what he's doing. He that Jokic is playing the way Jokic plays, um, and Millsap is a, un, just another tool on the court. Um, right. I don't know. There's a chance I might have said it better than he did, but um, but so I think on the offense that that we've got it um, figured out. I think the defense actually is is all of a sudden the biggest question mark. And one thing that I saw um, in in the Lakers game last night was. Um, we were doing terrible. So, so they had um, 118.4 points per perce- um, possession. That's in the 80th percentile. They shot 57.8 uh, effective field goal rating. Like that is going to be hard to, to beat a team that's doing that. But we were forcing them into so many turnovers. We were jumping lanes. We were stealing the ball. Jamal Murray actually played really well um, all, all around last night for a guy who's known – for just scoring baskets. Um, I thought his defense was, was pretty good, um, but not in the, the technical or traditional sense and not necessarily even in the sense that Malone likes it. Um, they're risking a lot by doing these things, by jumping the lanes, by um, putting on like hyper intensity, but by forcing turnovers, by, um, by stealing the ball, um, closing in on, on blocks. Um, again, you'd, maybe prefer the other team's field goal percentage to be low, force them into bad shots. But if you're, if you're getting turnovers and, and forcing bad decisions on their part, that, that might be a way that we can go forward. If, if we're going to be a team based on Jamal Murray and Gary Harris as our guards, we're, we're just, we're never going to be able to lock down the perimeter the right. way that you would expect a championship team to. And then especially if with Jokic as your core, um, You've, you've got to think outside the box here. Um, it puts a lot of pressure on the three and the four. But, um, yeah, I think I think the strategy of um, whether it was Malone's intentional strategy or not, and actually I saw more of this at the start of the season, so, so maybe it is kind of built in, but, but jumping the lanes and putting pressure on the other team, putting that above 
trying to play solid wall defense. Um, you know, maybe maybe we can see this really come together for for not just Jokic and Millsap on defense, but the whole team. Right. <clears throat> yeah. No. That's a, that's that's an excellent point. Um, and and again, like it's we all kind of reiterating the same thing that it's it's more or less at this point. Uh, you just kind of take what you can get, I think, on the defense, and 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 you just go from there. I tell you what, though, let's go ahead and um, let's go ahead and hit a break, and then when we come back, let's take a let's kind of take a look at, at the the total playoff picture uh, and what's happening there for the Nuggets, and then we will do a little NBA playoff trivia, pretty much focusing on the Nuggets in the Western Conference. Uh, to close out the show. So we will hit this break and we'll be right back. Hey everybody. I want to tell you about the charity drive we got going on right now at Denver Stiffs. We teamed up with the Denver Nuggets, Hope Kids Colorado, and Hoopswag.com for a really cool event, and I think you guys will love it. Here's the deal. Over on our site right now, in the bottom right corner, you'll find a link where you can buy your own custom Denver Stiff socks made by Hoopswag. They're 15 bucks a pair, and every pair you buy will also buy a ticket to an upcoming Denver Nuggets game for one of the children sponsored by Hope Kids. Hope Kids provides ongoing events, activities, and a powerful, unique support community for families who have a child with cancer or other life-threatening conditions. They surround those remarkable children and their families with the message that hope can be a powerful medicine. It's a great cause, and hey, if you like to run around barefoot like a hobbit, that's okay. There's also a link on the site where you can donate directly to help us bring as many kids and their families to one of these Denver Nuggets games. So check it out denverstiffs.com and thanks so much for your generosity alright everybody welcome back into the pickaxe pundit show I am Zach Pikash. You're listening to Nothing But Net Radio. We're here with Jeremy Poli uh, and Evan Fiala. We are all, of course, with DenverStiffs.com. Um, as you guys heard on the promo there, I think I think you actually can't get socks anymore. I think it's all it's all over. It's all over. Uh, but we wanted to give a shout out um, <clears throat> to everyone who donated to our Hope Kids charity event that is going on tomorrow. We're really excited about it. Uh, over 600. Kids and their families will be attending the Denver Nuggets and Sacramento Kings game. Um, of all of these kids, of course, suffering from life-threatening diseases like cancer, uh, and so <clears throat> hope kids giving them this opportunity to kind of get together, hang out, you know, you know, try and obviously, obviously, just get a get a few hours where they can just enjoy a basketball game and and meet other people who are going through the same sort of things and kind of make those lifelong friendships that help you get through um these these tough times so again thank you to everybody who donated a awesome awesome cause we we blew away our uh, our, our original goals um and it just speaks to everybody's generosity so from the bottom of our hearts we uh we could not be uh, more grateful all right let's um <clears throat> man i'm, I'm it's like i'm Coming down with laryngitis here, uh, but let's uh, let's move on here to the the, the second half of the show. I want to I want to I want to get into the NBA playoffs. I mean, I, we'll pretty much probably spend every second half of the show talking about the playoffs uh, and where the Nuggets stand from here on out. But um, particularly, I think this week the first thing I want to look at or want to talk about was um, I thought that probably probably about maybe just just a little bit before All Star break, right around the trade deadline. I kind of I thought like all right at this point their goal should be um, win win the Northwest Division. I, that obviously was not the goal coming into the season, uh, but the, the, it's right there. It's been right there for the taking uh, the entire time. They've fallen a little bit back now, obviously when they lost those two games in a row. Um, plus Portland has been playing very well, and and Portland's grown a little bit of a lead. Uh, Jeremy, I guess uh, uh, let me get get your thoughts on this first. Do you think do you think that there's still the Nuggets can still win the Northwest Division? Oh man, <laughs> this is the craziest playoff push. I thought last year was crazy. 
Um, right. I mean, just to set the stage, um, pretty much like everybody in the West won last night. So I still between Portland and three teams uh, tied for eighth, ninth, and, and tenth there. Um, there's only a four game difference. Uh, and so since Portland is in our, our division, it definitely uh, um, lends itself to, to this question. Um, you know, the funny thing is, so yeah, do we have a chance? Yeah, we do. We're three and a half games back from, from taking it. That's, that's extremely right. doable, mathematically speaking. Um, but the fact is, I think every single one of the teams in this division it is a contender for that number three spot. Uh, I think they're all gunning right. for it. Um, I think Utah, I think is really scary and in particular they're scary to us um we you brought it up earlier uh we don't play them well we don't match up well um they're a very very good team and they're only getting better and they're only learning more about their own young identity um very good team oklahoma city um say no more when they get hot they have they have so much talent that they can beat anybody on the right night um minnesota was great who knows what could happen there with Jimmy Butler out? That's that's a big question. But before that question, they looked like they were pretty much locking up that number three spot. And Portland, right. nine-game winning streak. In all honesty, I, I, I don't think that Portland's going to win it. Um, but they have a better chance than we do, right? So right. I, I, I don't think that, that we get it. But, um, yeah, we do have a chance. We do have a chance. Right. He's, you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Portland, uh, Portland now with the longest, longest winning streak in the, uh, in the NBA with, uh, with the Rockets. That's right. Losing, losing last night to the Raptors. Um, <clears throat> what about you, Evan? What do you think? I mean, how, I guess how realistic is it to think that the Nuggets could still win the, win the division? I'm giving them like a 1% chance, maybe. 1%. Yeah. I don't, I, every, other team is just so hot right now. Like the Trailblazers, they beat the Warriors pretty handily. Um, right. What's their streak at nine now? Eight or nine yep, or something? Yep. Yeah, they they look. It's at nine. They look really good. The Wolves are still going to be good, especially now that they've got Derrick Rose. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> the Thunder. I I just I can't see Denver leapfrogging three of those teams, all while holding off the Jazz. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the hard part, too, is it, it's not just that they have to catch the Blazers. It's that they also have to stay in front of the Thunder uh, and, and the Timberwolves and the Jazz. I can't believe, though, I mean, I, I can't believe nobody wants to bring up that, uh, you know, NBA, former NBA MVP Derek Rose is now with the Minnesota Timberwolves and how huge that signing is uh, in the division. <laughs> Speaking of MVPs, can I just say. That I loved um, the Nuggets last night honoring uh, Nahara. He is MVP <laughs> of effort. Yeah, that guy deserves like the all-time NBA effort award. I loved. He does watching man. him. Just he played more basketball, I think, on the floor, like laying on the floor, scrapping, than he did standing on his two feet. I love him. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, I remember. Man. I remember late later in his his career, he just like randomly developed this. Uh, this corner three, and then you know, he like knocked it down a couple times in preseason. And so you know, George Carl being the way he was, he was like, "Yeah, all right, shoot it." Uh, and it was like, "Man, wow, Nahara actually can do something other than just <laughs> die for loose balls on the floor and grab those rebounds." Yep. Um, yeah, it was cool. Obviously, the Nuggets doing their—I uh, you know, can't remember what they call it—but they're obviously their uh, night selling, celebrating uh, Hispanic heritage. Uh, and, and obviously Nahara being, I think he, uh, at the time he was at least the only player from Mexico, uh, in the NBA. Um, so obviously, obviously he was honored. Cool event by them. Um, I don't, so back to the division conversation, like I, I think there's definitely, obviously right. There's a chance three and a half games, anything can happen. Um, you, you would expect Portland will, will cool off, uh, uh Oh man, what was that? Uh, you expect Portland will, will cool off here uh, in a little bit, but uh, um, 
it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. I, I hope they do it. I think I think they're still just they've got a, a plenty good chance of, of getting into a four seed or five seed, um, even a six seed, and avoiding the Warriors or the Rockets in, in the first round. Uh, but man, they they got a, they've got they've got a lot of road games against winnable teams, which that means they, they, those are going to be games that are mostly just uh, about being mentally mentally prepared. Um, and that's, I think, something that they have struggled with so far this season. So it, it's going to be interesting to see. They've got this little bit of time to figure it out. And and if they do, you know, who knows? Maybe they maybe they do get hot and they get on a roll. Uh, like I said, I think they could be hitting their stride right at the right time. So if they get on a good roll to close out the end of the season, uh, they certainly they certainly could still capture the division. Evan, what about this man? Uh, is it, let's say they don't do that. Are you, you kind of just satisfied? You know, if they just just get into the playoffs, is really that all that matters this season? You know, I I feel like I should be satisfied by that because five years is a long time to not, right. especially after you go ten straight years of making them, uh, making right. the postseason. So you know, in that regard, yeah, I'd be I'd be over the moon if it made the playoffs. But I also feel like the seventh or eighth seed is selling this team short. I think they're talented enough, even this year with how young most of their players are. I think they very well could and or should be uh, at least a five seed, five or six. So I feel like on that regard, man, maybe my standards are a little high for a team that hasn't, you know, made the postseason. But right, just with the potential I see in them, even this year, then I... I would, I mean, I'd be, I'd be happy when if they got in, but I think seeing especially like that stretch where they were one like seven of nine or whatever, you could really see okay, this team is cruising and and that they belong up there in like the the upper echelon of the Western Conference, um, and to see them not kind of reach what their potential is this season, I think it would be still be a little bit disappointing. Right. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. Like it's it's funny because I think at the beginning of the season everybody would have just taken getting into the playoffs, but now that they're they're this close and they're right in the thick of it, uh, and they've got a chance to be as high as a three seed, I think you naturally just want more. Um, Jeremy, what about you, man? Would you be satisfied if they just get in the playoffs, or or, or are you kind of with me and Evan and that and you think they they need to uh, they need to maybe try and get a little bit higher seed to really show where their their potential is at? Um, yes, I am actually just happy making it into the playoffs to me. Uh, I I mean, it's, it's been a while. (laughs) I just want to taste, taste that postseason basketball right now. But this season in particular in the West, even making the eighth seed is like such an incredible achievement. It means you're so good. Um, it's, it's the equivalent of like a final four in March Madness or something like that. I like every one of our assistant coaches is going to be shopped around like the big names, like, Oh, can you believe they made eight seed in the Western conference last year? I, I, there's so much competition right now to be able just, just to put ourselves in the playoffs is so much a bigger deal than it has been in any other playoff that I can remember. And it sounds like you're about to challenge me because you brought up playoff history which i totally lied about i am no yeah anyway we'll see when we get there <laughs> i always like to catch you guys off guard with the trivia now that is the plan uh that way that way i look really smart because i don't ever have to answer the questions i just get to ask them that's uh, i've set this game up to my advantage in, in my advantage for sure um <clears throat> i guess let me ask this jeremy gut feeling do they get in or no yeah, I think my guts tell my guts telling me to get in. There you go, there you go. That's that, that's where I'm at too. I think you know. Uh, I guess it's just it's just a fan in me uh, is right. saying yes, they 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 can do this. Um, Evan, what about you, man? Uh, gut feeling? Are they gonna get in this year? Uh, yeah, <laughs> barely, barely, barely. Yep, barely. Right, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Like, and, and because naturally it'll be nug life, right? So we have to be a little bit disappointed, uh, at least. So the wherever if if the Rockets end up as the two seed, the Nuggets end up as the seven seed. Yeah. If the Rockets end up as the one seed, the Nuggets end up as the eight seed. <laughs> We're destined to be swept by them. 
Yeah, exactly. One way or another, and, it is going to, watch to be a sweep. Four straight games of James Harden drawing fouls and oh, etc. So yeah. I'm so not down for it. Like I'm just not. I just, uh, I'll be so angry at every single game, and I'll just be yelling at my TV. And, uh, it is. It is. It is what it is. All right, let's get into let's get into the final, the very final segment um, of our show, which is NBA playoff history, particularly the Northwest Division and the Nuggets. Uh, I got a full disclosure. I'm not not fully prepared for the segment, so we're gonna we're gonna make up some questions along the way. Uh, but we'll, we'll we'll let it roll anyways. Okay. Um, if you, if you I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna start with Evan. Uh, Evan. So as we've been talking about, man, the Northwest Division crazy, right? Every single team has a shot to make it into the playoffs. The Denver Nuggets have played every single team in the in this Northwest Division at least once in the playoffs before. Who was the last team to beat them from the Northwest Division? You're talking about in this season. No, I'm talking about in the playoffs. Who was the oh, last in the team playoffs. to beat the Nuggets oh, in the playoffs oh. from the Northwest Division? Uh, Utah. That is incorrect. The Denver Nuggets lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder oh, uh, in 2011. Uh, no one, no one ever remembers that playoff series because that was the year they traded Melo. So it was like this weird, like random grouping oh, yeah. of you had some of the old guys like Kenyon Martin and J.R. Smith, uh, along with obviously Gallo and Wilson Chandler and Moscow. Uh, yeah, they they traded and then won like twenty three of their last thirty games or something. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. They were they were so bummed about the uh, about the the whole mellow drama that when they finally just got rid of them. Uh, they ended up going on a win streak, and I think it was kind of like a George Carl's like middle finger to the league because he's like, "Yeah, I'll trade my star player and I'll <laughs> watch it and, uh, and lose in the first round," um, like they, <laughs> like George Carl's also wants to do. All right, so minus one point for Evan on that. Wait, he was you, close. You lose points even if you don't get it right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm making up the scoring system. All right, that's fine. What, what, what about second go? chance uh, points? Just, just for questioning, at minus two points <laughs> uh, for Evan now. Uh, what, what is this, Harry Potter, man? <laughs> right, that's right. We're taking points from House Gryffindor. Um, actually, no, I feel, I feel Evan. The Evans, you know, he's he's being rowdy. I think he's more of a House Slytherin uh, kind of guy. <laughs> Anyways, enough, enough, Harry Potter nerdum. Um, the question now to Mister Jeremy Pulley. Jeremy, who is the last team from this Northwest Division that the Denver Nuggets beat in the playoffs? Beat in the playoffs. That so this would be Mello. Who did Mello beat in the playoffs? Did we beat Oklahoma City? I bet you we beat. You, you gotta go way back for this one. I think. I no hints. No hints. No hints. I, I my guess is my guess is Utah. His guess is incorrect. The last team to beat, or the Denver, the Denver Nuggets beat from this Northwest division was actually, it was Oklahoma City. However, they were at that time called the Seattle Supersonics. Oh. And that, of course, is the famous 1994 Denver Nuggets eighth-seeded team who beat oh the Western Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness, yeah. I can't, I can't believe you missed that one. Uh, I could have sworn Melo, we had some deep dives into the playoffs with Melo. Surprised we didn't beat a Northwest no, team we, to get we there. We had one deep dive in the playoffs. <laughs> was it only one? Oh. It was only only the one. Uh, I was in a- only the one. All right, uh, going back over to Evan. We'll stick in the Northwest Division. Evan, which team uh, has Denver beaten, or, or I guess has won the most playoff series against in the playoffs from the Northwest Division? So, which Northwest Division team have they beaten the most? Uh, in their entire playoff history. Seattle? <laughs> Evan is correct. You are nice. Googling this. Yeah, I, th- I feel like no, there's, no, there's I'm a not, pause You would have heard the typing. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, and it is correct. They have beaten Seattle twice um, in the NBA playoffs. Uh, of course, I, as we I said, knew it was a low number, but... 
<laughs> right, exactly. It wasn't very much uh, in 1994, as we said. And then the 1988 NBA playoffs, the Nuggets beat the UCL Supersonics in the first round. They also lost to the Sonics in 1978. Um, and then, of course, as we said, lost to them as the Oklahoma City Thunder. The answer to the questions every single time has so far been the Seattle Sonics slash Oklahoma City Thunder uh, franchise. Um, I tried to make it easy for you guys, but you didn't see the theme. All right, now now maybe I'll switch it up. I'm going to go back to Jeremy. Jeremy, which Northwest Division team have they lost to uh, the most in uh, in their history in the playoffs? Uh, man, during Mellow's Day, it felt like Oklahoma City, but that would just keep your, your thread, your theme going, <laughs> which you said you were going to divert from. Which makes me think maybe way back in the day, like Malone and Stockton in Utah. But I don't feel like the Nuggets were making it to the playoffs during those days. I'm going to keep the theme go. I'm going to keep. Uh, yeah, I'm going to keep the theme going and go with Oklahoma City. No, <laughs> you are incorrect. Yeah, what I, you okay, know? first of all, first of all, uh, yeah, Melo has never played Oklahoma City in the playoffs, really? so I don't know where, where that's oh, coming geez. from. Oh. <laughs> to be to be honest with you, when did you become uh, an hour fan, right, Jeremy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually he's a closet Sixers fan. We knew it this whole time. Uh, Evan was right. It is the Utah Jazz. Um, Utah Jazz have beaten the Denver Nuggets three times in the playoffs. They beat them in the 1984-85, uh, or not sorry, 1983-84 uh, playoffs. Then they they beat them in the 1993. Uh, 94 playoffs. That, of course, right after the Nuggets beat the Supersonics, they played the Jazz in the second round, almost repeated or almost made history again, came back from three games, nothing down to force a game seven, but lost. And then Utah, in what I say was the biggest uh, disaster of a playoff for the Denver Nuggets, they beat them in the 2010 playoffs with Adrian Dantley. Oh, at yeah. The helm while George Carl is recovering from uh, cancer. He made me mad. All right. Uh, so, Jeremy, you've been abysmal. You can, we're, we're gonna, well, I got one more question for you, uh, <laughs> for you guys, and then, and then that'll be the end of our show. So, there are, in the Western Conference, there are nine other teams. Um, in the NBA, who are vying for NBA playoff spot, the Denver Nuggets have lost, and and I'll give it to whichever one of you guys can say it first. The Denver Nuggets have lost to every single team still vying for a spot in the Western Conference playoffs, except for one. Which team is that? Minnesota. Wrong. Minnesota beat the Denver Nuggets in 2003-2004. That was Carmelo Anthony's rookie year. Portland. Wrong. The Portland Trailblazers beat the Denver Nuggets in 1977. Oh. Uh, Back when they only played two rounds. The correct answer would be, of course... Well, actually, they have never lost to Houston because they've never played... Wait, wait. Wrong! They lost to the Houston Rockets in the 1986... Western uh, Conference Pelicans. the correct answer is the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, of course, yeah. Denver has only played them once when they were the New Orleans Hornets, and they won that series yeah, four games to one. Really bad. They, they won one game by, like, what, like 56 <laughs> points or something yeah. like that? Uh, yeah, that was a good game. Chris Paul's that was the last. That was, that was a good That was, like, basically the end yep. uh, for Chris Paul in New Orleans <laughs> after that. Um he knew it was all over. All right, so that <clears throat> that is our show. As you can tell, I'm losing my voice, so we must be done. Um, you're going to want to make sure you follow us all on Twitter. I'm at Zach Mikosh. Evan is at E.E. Fiala. Um, Jeremy is at Jeremy Poli. You guys are all very easy with your Twitter names on this one. Uh, we are, of course, at Denver Stiffs and then at NBN-Radio. Uh, follow us on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs and over on Facebook. Give us a follow and give us a like. If you guys are listening to the podcast version of this show, go ahead and subscribe. Give us a rating on iTunes. We would appreciate it. All right, Evan, Jeremy, appreciate you guys being on. Thanks. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week.
time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.